What a waste. What a waste of a passionate, loyal supporter base. We've done it again, these guys. This club have done it again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the round 11 fan cams. Hey, brother, how are you feeling? Horrible. I got sent home. I've had gastro symptoms all day. Had to leave the live stream a couple of times to uh, finish off what life has started. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, what what can you say, man? I mean, there's there's got to be a point. There's got to be a point in time where just some some people at that club get together go where's where's the endeavor do you know what i mean where's the willingness to get yourself out of this fucking battle you're in and that was like just low percentage plays just fucking nonsense effort nonsense entries there must be the slowest learning side in the history of sport executives senior players on the ground I think it'd be help tonight no one wants to take the game on no one wants to take the risky kick no one wants to be the match winner culturally we're a mess um, you know and I, I completely got it wrong two weeks ago where I thought I'd just call the Jets but the goalposts have clearly moved now they're, they're just nowhere near it absolutely lost um, bottom 16 at the moment what are we 12 it'll probably be 13th or 14th by the end of the round uh and yeah we're uh a rudderless ship at the moment i'm just i actually lost for words i have no idea where they're going as a football club there's no like paul said it before got it just got it wake up wake up carlton football club because us as a member base as a supporter base are done that's it for me, Terry. Terry, how's it going, bro? Here in Sydney, a bad loss once again. I can't believe I came up again. Oh, my God. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? You're sick. You're sick in the fucking... What am I fucking doing here? You're sick. I've, I've seen I've seen uh, some some people mentioning the efficiency. Efficiency is a is apparently our only is is the real issue. The efficiency, isn't it? Isn't it? Is it not the way we play, which generates low percentage chances? Yeah, I mean, and it's the magic stop. dust of the new coach. It's a magic dust of the new coach. It happened with Bolton, it happened with Teague, and it happened with Voss. The magic dust of a new coach, the shine. I don't I don't know what to do anymore. I'm just... Our inability to kick a goal annoys the crap out of me. I've lost it. You just turn the, t you turn the TV on when they're not fit, and you're a Vicky turn up. It's a chore now. It's, it's so boring. It's such a chore. It's a good word. It's become a chore. 
and you need to look at what we've got. This group, like, is this group good right now good enough? No, it's not. Is it good enough? No, it's not. So if it's not good enough, you need to think, what can we keep? What is dispensable? I'm just, I'm sick of it. Is it what does it come to? It's round 11 last year. We were up and about. Going to this season, this season the, at the Blue Abroad launch, so much hope, so much hope, talking to everyone. We keep putting band-aids on things, and I'm glad that it's happening now. I'm glad that it's happening now, and it's not, we got a quick win this week. We got ahead of ourselves, best football club in the land again, and then we go to the MCG next week and embarrass ourselves. Because, let's be honest, that's what happened in, in Perth. It, it did. You can't, you can't tell me it didn't. After, after the last you know, few weeks we've had ever since we came back from Perth, we were the best football club in the land again. Charlie Curnow's kicked nine goals. Woohoo. Great, great individual performance. And that seems to be the thing that we love the most. Individual performances. Here we are again, Terry. You've flown up to Sydney. You've seen a defeat and we sit in pain. You have my respect for putting yourself through this, mate, because something tells me I would have been pissed off after the house um, before the game had finished and I would have just gone straight back to my hotel after that. But here we are again and the season is done. Well, it's been... I've, I've only properly followed this club for about four years, five years, because obviously I, it's hard to be introduced to it over here, but God knows how you guys who have followed it your whole lives, 30 years, how you're coping. So it's just, it's, it's just, it drains every bit of energy. It ruins your weekend and great, we've got, I've got a holiday next week, which is uh, brilliant, but best know I'll be watching it on Friday when I should be doing something else with my life. I just don't know how you do it, but. It's so bad. Ugh. It's it's so gross. It's it's like it's there. The pressure's up, but the conversion's not there, and the conversion's not there, but then the pressure's down. It's like Okiyanis uh, Yanakis. Fuck. Anyway, thanks for everyone that tuned in. I don't know what to say other than we'll be here next week. And uh, this has really just become. <laughs> this has really just become. I don't know, like a documentation of like the infinite decline of the Carlton Football Club. He paid for a scarf. <laughs> he paid for a scarf. Terry Degatti, he paid for a scarf. Got to say, shout out to Mini Pom. Uh, the beautiful James, uh, who, who had me in stitches just then with, so I can question what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> oh, mate, you are well and truly a blue bagger, my friend. Yes. Okay. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Blue Abroad Show, Monday the 29th of May, 2023. It is the end of round 11. The Blues lost again. They've lost four in a row. We've lost six of the last seven. Here we are again. Hey, Pommy. What up? All right, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Good. 
well, not, not, you know, not good, but you know, the show goes on and you must move on. Um, I thought last week we did some real soul searching, you know, last week was all for the fans. It was a Collingwood game and everything that came comes, it comes with that. And then the Sydney game happens and I don't know. I don't know. You know, and, and then just watching the the outpour of emotion from our fans, from our supporters. Um, it's tough. You know, everyone is looking for something to help understand the situation. And it's the hardest place to be as a fan because you, you're not on the inside. You don't know what's really going on. We're drawing inspiration from quotes, from footage, from from the boys in, in the room, from, from everywhere. And everyone's trying to come up with something. And yeah, I think the dangerous part with all of this when it comes to like the collective is that, you know, once the fans start fighting with each other, it becomes a distraction of what is really, who should really be taking accountability. And that's and that's the club or the players, the coaches, the administration. I mean, the fans will take some accountability as well. We all will. It's just tough, mate. It's just a tough time. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's tough. Um, when shit hits the fan, it's human nature. Well, I wouldn't say human nature because I don't understand it, but it's general human nature to try and find someone to blame. There's some solace, I think, in the B word blame. Some real solace, but I've heard a lot of things this week um, alluded from the club. Uh, you can see it in the statements. Uh, you can see it in the media. Kind of alluding to the fans of the issue. You know, back off the players. Stuff like that. And I said it in my review. You know, that's the one thing that's the quickest to fuck me off. Quickest to fuck me off. Because at the end of the day, the frustration, and I'm only speaking for me personally in chat, let me know if I'm far off the mark. When I get frustrated or upset because someone doesn't meet their potential, that's because that I've got a vermeerant belief and a vermeerant love of that individual and that they can reach the heights. They can reach the heights. That I don't give a shit if they think they can reach the heights. It's what I believe in them. It's what I fully believe in my heart of hearts of what they're capable of. And that frustration isn't born out of negativity. That frustration is born out of love. And... If you don't have faith, you have nothing. Faith is the brooding ground of everything. And it's starting to really wind me up with this football club because you get these little statements, Matheson leaves, and if everything is to be believed, which about eight reports are saying, he's had a fallout with Sayers. Well, I mean, that says a lot, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? It says a lot. If you just want to go walk and leave, just turn away, get away from us. But... We're so reactive on the field. We're so disjointed. And this is probably the first time in my Carlton career of going nearly to 13 years. Fuck me. It's a long time. I would have got out if I'd murdered someone. You know, that I actually feel disjointed. I actually feel disconnected. I, I, I feel like I question every video. I, I question not what I'm doing because I have a responsibility to keep on doing what I'm doing because people enjoy it. But I, I feel really distant from the club. I, I feel like the club doesn't reflect my values and my faith. And fuck me for a minute. 
the 89,000 people and everyone else. It doesn't reflect them values. And it feels like they need us to get through this. Because yeah. this time last year, we were up and about. They were singing our praises. Sam Walsh, guy, it's hard not to get up and about when you're playing, when you're hearing this and the amplifier of the Marvel. They need us. They need us. But that starts from the very top for me. Why at the start of the year didn't you say that there was going to be a game plan change? Why didn't you at the start of the year maybe come out a little bit earlier? I haven't seen Luke Sayers until the business in Carlton. He does that. And that's how I know we're going to lose. But where was these addresses? Where was these addresses? Let us in. Because I tell you what, if you're watching and you're a player, I want you to know something that everyone in this chat room fucking loves you. Probably up there with kids, their kids, with their kids. I, I have heard some great stories about this football club and from you guys in chat about what it means to you about going through marriage breakups and that helps you about having no friends and feeling a place. This club is the heart and soul. And you know what? Let us in because we're feeling this pain with you. And I'm sure in my heart of hearts, the, the players are feeling it as well. I have no doubt that there isn't any players sat at home smoking a cigar going, oh, I've destroyed the Carlton Football Club. They mm. fucking hurt as well. I guarantee yeah. they will. So let's hurt together. Because somewhere in that hurt, there is the little fucking glimmer that we can fix it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Many good points will be raised tonight. Um, firstly, thank you to Daniel Kilgrave with the five. He says, has Pommy been made any offers to replace Craig Matheson as the club director yet? Or is that another shot that Carlton have missed? Love you guys. Pommy, get on the board, mate. Um, I think, not bigging myself up, but I think, Going straight into what's wrong with the club, seeing so many people say they're disengaged with the club. Yeah. I see ex-players coming out and say just bad mouthers, bad mouthers. And I always think that says a lot about the culture and how far the culture goes because there's some great, I, I can think Ali McCoy's the hero of mine, shafted by his club, used as the scapegoat won't say a bad word about the club because he loves the club, not the fucking entities there. And I, I listen and I think how disjointed we are as a fan base, how disjointed we are as a club, how disjointed we are as a playing group. And that's a big one for me. They've used that word. They've come out and said it's disjointed. Why? Why, why is that? How could you be disjointed? And it's not as simple as six figures. It's not simple as shit like that. It's so much bigger than that why isn't the president putting speeches out all the time, win or lose? Why isn't the coaches free to speak? Why isn't the players always look on edge when they're in the media? And it's because that connection has gone. They have totally forgotten what we're about. And at the moment, we're going through an identity crisis. And whether you're sack Voss, whether you're keep Voss, there is a big fucking identity crisis. And it needs to be simple on that board. Do you know what I mean? If I was on the board, my promise would be this. I would view it as I am a custodian of something precious. My good friend in chat, Brian Ambrose McMahon, he's going through cancer and he he's, he's, this is his connection to the fan base, right? You are a custodian of our great fucking football club. You ain't the president. You ain't the board. You are literally there to protect something that means so much to the many. 
and that's an honour. And by that, you should be there making coffees when they're overrun, not ordering coffees. You should be fucking putting the cones out. You should be a big part of what we'd all be doing. And I want to see, I want to see that from the club and go back to what you are because you are a people's football club. Because tell you what, these players are going to go out in Melbourne and I appreciate that they're a little bit stressed. They're a little bit nervous. It's going to be hard. But fuck me, you've got 88,000 people behind you, man. Do you know how good that... If I had 80,000 subs now, I would make Mr. Beast look like a fucking melt. Because if you've got that many people believing in you, fuck me, how good could you be? Yeah. Tell you what, some people don't have one person supporting them. These bastards have got 88,000 people backing them. Fuck me, yeah. I'd feel like I had a 12-inch and a six-pack. Yeah. Well, firstly, absolutely love to Brian. Um, also, I think I can see here, Ur. Now, it's not Uger. I have been mispronouncing it this whole time, Pommy. Could you believe that? The G is silent. Ur has just oh, gifted 50 people Blue Abroad memberships. It's unbelievable. So um, thank you very much. And can you say uh, it again? Ur. It's a rolling R. It's a R. Why do you think my mouth... Why do you think sometimes Zoe's in a bad mood with me? I can't roll my R's. Come on. <laughs> so 50 of you just became members of the channel. Thank you very much, Ur. Um, also hit we the subscribe button. We love you, my brother. Yeah, we are 200 and five away from 10k which will be massive a big celebration you may get a scarf in a package with the prize once we do 10k <laughs> valued 85 dollars <laughs> what a fucking melt you are Taz. i know i am i am a melt someone asked where's the kool-aid it's here i'm just waiting to use it unfortunately it's going to go away for a little while um look let's get to the game let's break it down yeah, let, let's break it down a bit. And then we're going to talk a bit about, you know, leadership, ownership. Um, we're going to then talk a bit about the VFL. What can we do other, other than just stick it out? This is the part where I'm really lost. You know, um, I want to take some ownership for things as well. And I want to, always, I want to try and, and, and impact better with what we do with this, with this channel and, and the work that goes into here. So I'm, I'm cognizant of that, being practical. So I want to come from it from a solution standpoint because we can identify what went wrong. It, 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 it consistently goes wrong. Um, I didn't feel like this game was as much of an abomination as some of the other losses that we've had. Maybe it was because of the opposition we were playing. I'm not sure. I really did feel for a good chunk of the game, the application was there. Um, maybe I'll ask you this, Pommy when we talk about the game plan and people talk about it, whether it's working or it's not working, etc., did the game plan on Friday generate enough opportunities to put a score on the board that would win the game? Do you think it did? And you guys in the chat, yes or no? Should be a politician, Terry. No, um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, of course, if you're going to be black and white, okay. if they kick straight, they win the game. Yeah, but obviously the if, if my Nana had wheel should be a bike. I understand that. So yeah. I'm just, be my counter. yeah, I'm, I'm just, so I, I put that to one side. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. So we haven't converted. We haven't kicked straight. We've generated, if it was, if I think it was either just enough opportunities, if not, we needed a few more, but give or take, it was enough opportunities to win the game. 
I'm really big on the ownership piece being not away from coaching, but a bit more on players than probably it's ever been. And we're, I think we're all in alignment when we say that there, there's a complete disconnect when it comes to the entire group that are on the field. It's, it's just, there are certain parts of the field that look like they're cohesive. And as soon as the ball moves to a different part of the field, it's not, you know, and our, Back half flankers are not in alignment with our forward, uh, our for, uh, center half forwards, I should say. It's just, it's so disjointed and disconnected. So I'm like, what happened to it? Because we we got it, we had it, we had the connection piece. What happened? And that's where the dishonesty and that's where the theories will start coming out because the club haven't addressed it. They haven't addressed what happened for whatever reason, but something has happened. And the disconnection is now a feature of season 2023. And this is where we're at. Disconnection is a very good word, Terry. I mean, to answer it, do do I like the game plan? I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a fan of anything that is slow Mm. right? in today's game. However, people's arguments for not liking the game plan is everyone plays fast. Right? For every Pep Guardiola, you have a Jose Mourinho. For every Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola, you have a Klopp. You have different philosophies. Do I like it? Not really. However, at the moment, you could bring in Fly. You could bring in any other any other coach you name. And the low percentage plays you're seeing, they're player-led. So I'm really proud of Wheatering coming out and actually making some accountability and saying it's on the players. I think it's obvious it's 90% with the players. I think Voss can help them. But this is where I throw the argument back to you, Terry. At the start of the season, Voss said, we go again, we play our brand. And the brand has changed, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, the brand was manic chaos football. Carlton's two strengths last year, winning out of the contest on the stoppage, we've got Bulls. And the second one, and the second one was clear the ball and gain territory. Gain territory and be at the fall of the ball. That's gone. So. When I look at it that way, why couldn't that have been fed to the fans at the start of the year? Chris Scott did the year before. He actually specified the buy until it was it was still concocted. And I agree with Brody. I don't think we're a slow football side. You actually break the game down minute by minute, hour by hour. There is opportunities, and Carlton do play the same game plan, incidentally, when they look good. When they look good, they do because they hit them short targets and they work hard. That's the big problem with the system, though. It is heavily reliant on working hard. And you saw it in the first half. Carlton were dog shit. Absolutely dog shit. Ball use deplorable, right? The entries inside 50, deplorable, high, safe. But they worked incredibly hard. So it kind of worked. They can't work that hard all the time. No side does. The system has to then come in. So to answer your question, it's a bizarre one for me because the players have got to get with it because at the moment you can't even change the game plan if they're not willing to do the basics. And we're talking real basics, front and centre, getting in front of your man, lead the man to the ball, don't be led. And Kerno and Harry were both guilty of that at times, which they're not mm. usually guilty of. Wheatering, McGovern, letting their forwards lead them. That is a big thing. Right. 
you know what I mean? That's a big thing. And to answer almost Blues Brothers, yeah, they did win the game with intense football last year. But, right, he's right. It's unsustainable for four quarters, so they've got to add that layer. But the problem is, at the moment, their work rate is bollocks. So there is something wrong, and I'd love to know what's going on. I, can, we can speculate. We can speculate what's going on, but mm. we'll never know. And that's the problem with this club. We never know. We don't know. Lockie Cowan, we do an injury report, and then two hours later, we release the VFL 22 and then mention he's in, injured. It's little things like that, man. It's little things like that that wind me up because that is where the frustration comes, right? Luke Sayers thinks we're all a bunch of pricks and we're mourning. Maybe look at your internal communications and dialogue so we know. Like, why is everything so secret? Are we the CIA? Like, we're a football club, a public football club. Without us, the club folds. Yeah. So at least tell us Lockie Cowan's injured. Is he that hard? How hard would it have been pre-season? To say something along these lines, imagine Voss saying this. We go again. We've learned the issues of last year. We were we made some steps, but it's still not good enough. We've assessed as a team what our strengths and weaknesses are, and we are going to move forward with a more balanced game plan that still has elements of what you had this year because we feel in the long term this is a sustainable brand, a sustainable brand. And then everyone would have gone, oh, okay. So it's going to take a while to adjust. Yeah, it's going to take maybe to the bye till these boys learn. And it takes the pressure off the players. Because that, that's Sayers' job is 90% to take the pressure off your team. He's the worst at taking the pressure off the team. Voss, he takes the pressure off the team in the wrong way. Defend, defend, defend them, defend them, defend them, defend them. Michael, when you get sacked, these players still pay their mortgage. You're the one who's got to tell your kids you can't go and see Disneyland this week because you haven't got a fucking job. It's not going to be them. So start coming out with stuff. It's not that hard. We don't bite. We want to love you. We want yeah. to. We don't want you sacked. Any fan out there who wants Michael Voss sacked until this has happened is a categorical moron. You can put that on record. It's the sacking start to come because no one tells us anything. No one tells us anything. Why? We're not going to bite you. We want you to win. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. The ownership piece now is is all that I can come up with. And it's probably just because I'm reading this book <laughs> called Extreme Ownership. And so I have nothing to bring to the table in the sense of like, we've said everything we need to say. We've picked at everything we need to say. There's a new news story really with, you know, Matheson stepping down from the board today and, you know, come of that what you will. There is one side of the fence that will say, well, we probably needed to get rid of the Matheson influence at some point, pokies, et cetera. We need to move on. That's old Carlton, whatever. Um, then there's the other side that will say, oh, look at it. Yeah, they're crumbling. You know, board member steps down halfway through the season. It's it's diabolical. Somewhere in between is somewhere in between is the is the reality. And I don't know what. I don't know what. Um, we we just sit, hope, watch, feel disappointed, vent our frustrations, come onto the Monday show, get it out, get to Tuesday morning, got to think about the next game, rinse and repeat. Um, and I think it's a really important point what you just said. Like Nobody wants to be experiencing this. 
Sure, the players don't either. The coaches don't either. Um, what's missing right now is a lot. But the biggest one for me right now is who's taking ownership collectively and and who's going to be there to, to get us through this patch? Because we're going through this patch yet again. We're experts in it. Um, I loved Weedering's game. I love to see him back. But I didn't, you know what, you know what annoyed me? And I don't know if this is just part of trying to build a good culture and trying to build off the fact that you, you know, you learn from your mistakes and you try and foster a positive environment so that the failures don't become part of self-doubt. But why are we saying things like that? You know, that was probably one of the best first halves that we've played defensively when we're losing the game, when you're only talking about a half of football. Like, why are we trying to draw? When we get asked the question about, all right, you lost, what's happening? We resort to the, the first port of call, and it's happened for years now. The first port of call is always, yes, but we were good here, or we were good for this quarter or this half. That part, I'm not sure what the the actual underlying mechanism of that is and why we do that. Is that just so we don't drown the guys? They're already drowning. I'm really lost with that part. Like, why are we deflecting? Why do we just own where we are? Honestly, mm. why? Mm. Why does Jesse Motlop run back, tackle in D50, and then stay 55 metres away from goal at all times when it gets hard? Because it's an infectious thing. It's an infectious thing, and... As much as I love this club, ever since I've got here, everything has always been worded with the least damage responsibility. Least damage responsibility. So, like I was saying about Voss, you may have not, when I said people are morons, you would have been a moron the day he got announced after Cowton had started going on the eight and two to say, oh, it's not going to work. I'm going to sack him. Right? You always want the coach, regardless of if you want him or not. I didn't want Teague. I always wanted him to do well. Do you know what I mean? That's the big thing. But Cowton's whole system is always deflect, 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 deny, deny, deny. Oh, shit, you've caught us out. Let's do it. Like, the five-year plan for Cowton is amazing, right? And it goes in the stage. Bring back club legend to appease everyone. Big up someone who's the new coach. Say, in five years, we'll go from shit to not being shit. That is literally the plan. Two years happens. You get the first year of the sugar hit. Second year happens, call someone very quickly on the board or in the, t in the back room. Third year, oh shit, it's really gone back. Sack him, recycle the five-year period. That's what Cal's done ever since I'm here. And you are right, Terry, you've got to have some accountability, but the accountability has to go from top to bottom, right? Because they're all linked. And this is what's amazing about this football club. Luke Sayers is, keeps dropping stuff that literally sounds like we're going to sack Voss. It's amazing how he does it. Like, if I was Voss, I'd be ringing Luke now and going, do you really want me in on work Monday? Because you've said that you're going to back me twice. Usually that means it's a sack. And it's no one's fault in the fan base. Stuart, stop saying it's not your fault. You're a legend. You love the club. But how hard is it? it like, honestly, I would go mental at any fan who would complain if the club came out and just goes, oh, it's going to be tough. Oh, it wasn't good against Sydney. Our execution was poor. Our commitment was pure. Everything was safe. Execution to do anything aggressive was poor. We literally set up to that game not to lose. It's all on us. If he said that 
and you complained about that, I would go mental. But the problem is, is the club are worried about you. Why are they worried about you? We love them. Terry's bought an $85 scarf, travelled to Sydney. He told me he knew we'd lose, and he went there. Like, fuck me. I think that deserves some kind of honesty, because we want to help them. And we can help them, because they tell us we lift them up. They are walking every day they go to Icon Park on the shoulders of fucking giants. On the shoulders of fucking giants. Historical figures and names. They're already above everyone else. Let us love you. Like, it, it winds me up that they push us away so much. Really kills me, Terry. Yeah. I'm an idiot! I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but you see, this is what kills me. Why do people think they're an idiot for loving the club? Why do people think they're a moron for loving the club? I, I don't understand. Like, you don't love the club. If you love the club, the only time I'd say someone's an idiot is if they love the club because they won 16 flags. You love the club because you found your place, your people. Every human being needs to be connected. We're, we're flawed. We need friends. We need acceptance this is our acceptance our meeting hole man yeah it's pretty fucking good man being count even when we're losing i'd rather be a blue than a pie i'd rather be a blue than a bomber because these are my people brother yeah these are our people so why don't the club let us in we're not gonna bite we're gonna fucking give them hugs and cuddles and tell them it's gonna be okay that's what we want to do hmm it's gotten to that point where, yeah, I start questioning like why I, I'd love to know why each and every single one of them play football. It just looks like a big chunk of them have forgotten it. Um, there was a comment on the review. I forget the name of the YouTube channel or the, the account that wrote it, but it was just brilliantly put. And the account said, the comment said something to the effect of they are drowning under the weight of expectation. And I thought that really resonated with me and, and again, question that I don't know the answer to is how do you how do you make them feel? How, how do you help that? Is it just show up? Is it just get to the games? Is that really what it is? Because I feel like it's it's to this point now where the players have got to start it. They've got to start it. They've got to get on the same page as each other. Whether it's whether there's a belief in the game plan or not is one thing. Then there's the way that they execute their own personal role within the game plan. Are they not clear on what they need to do? You know, we can go in circles, but I want to ask some questions, right? There are seven principles to extreme ownership. Now, firstly, Nicole, Nicola Ray. Hello. Great to meet you in Sydney. $15. I don't think we can underestimate the weight of expectation of the most passionate fan base and the intense media spotlight. Privilege and a curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do... I do certainly resonate with that. Um, you know, part of me says, yep, I'm with you. And it, and it clearly looks like it's weighing them down. And then the other part of me says, well, what about people on the front line, police officers, etc.? It's life or death, surgeons, this type of pressure that, that's there as well. And these guys are playing football. Um, and that's easy to say for me, who doesn't play football for a living? Um, but again, it's it's either end of the coin, and I don't know. But Pommy, I want to ask you some things. 
uh, when it comes to taking ownership of the situation. So do you believe we've acknowledged and accepted the responsibility for the team's current state from the team, players, coaches? Yes or no? No. Fair. Fair. Um, then it comes to leading by example. So our leaders, do they demonstrate the behaviors and attitudes that they expect from others? If the team lacks confidence and leadership, have we identified individuals who can step up and become role models? Do we encourage them to display the desired qualities such as determination, resilience, and a positive mindset? Do we do that? In my opinion, no. Mm -hmm. Communicating effectively. It's crucial for building confidence and fostering leadership. I, now, this is the part that I don't know any of us, if any of us know, but do we encourage open and honest dialogue among the among them, the teammates? Do we allow them to express their concerns, ideas, and suggestions? Uh, and the reason why I ask this is because effective communication helps establish trust, creates collaborative environment where everyone feels valued and heard. Is that something you feel like this team has? Based on how quick they are to... Uh eradicate any free thought or any appearance anywhere else other than their own media, I would say no. Mm -hmm. Do we encourage each team member to take responsibility for their individual roles and performance? By focusing on personal improvement and accountability, individuals can contribute to the team's overall success. Have we taught them to set goals, track progress, and hold themselves accountable for their actions, both in training and during matches? I'd like to think that they do internally, but I mean, based on what I'm seeing, probably not. Mm -hmm. Have we embraced a culture of learning? So there is an importance of the growth mindset. Have we encouraged the team to view setbacks and failures as opportunities for learning and improvement rather than reasons for self-doubt? Do we foster a culture that values continuous development, providing resources and support for individual and team growth? No, I, I think our culture of learning might be the worst I've ever seen. Mm. I hear him use the word and the term learning a lot. You know, you either win or you learn. I, he I hear that a lot. But yeah. Do we set clear objectives and priorities? Have we defined clear objectives and established priorities for the team? Do we have a clear sense of purpose and direction where individuals can align their efforts towards the common goal? How we clearly communicated these objectives to the team, breaking them down into manageable tasks that contribute to the overall success. No, Carlton's plans, you've only got to look at the five-year plan. It literally works out at start, shit, end, good. Mm -hmm. That's not a plan. And then to round it all out, support and mentorship. Strong leaders support and mentor others to help them grow. They identify we identify individuals who show potential for leadership and confidence building qualities, provide them with mentorship guidance and opportunities to develop their skills. By empowering these individuals, you can create a network of leaders within the team. This is the chicken and the egg. Who, are the who did the leaders learn from and who are they passing that down to? I mean, I suppose it depends. It depends what philosophy of leadership you subscribe to. I, yeah. I subscribe to the philosophy that good leaders are born, but you can you can educate a leader. But 
your best leaders are born. Mm. They're born from the Mars. It's it's something inherent. It's like being a hero. Yeah. It's, it's something that you don't learn. It's something that you're born. An inherent selflessness is just born. Yeah. There's a school of thought that there's no such thing as a bad team, just bad leaders. 100% agree. But yeah. they're not bad people. They're not bad people, but we just don't have good enough leaders. It's like there's always that theory. When I when I talk to Carlton people, they think bring Cooter down, Cooter will fix them. I've spent a lot of time with Cooter personally. I can tell you as a football person, I can't see how Cooter would wear the magic wand. He's a very bright, bright, intelligent human being, but there's no way that he... I mean, that 95 team that people talk about is a team that, you look at them now, a lot of them don't hang around together. But there was a... There was an, there was a, there was a almost a, a need for each other. They needed each other. And you hear Cooper talk. He's very candid if you ever get a chance to sit down and have a coffee with him. He's very open about players that he maybe personally liked, he maybe didn't like. But he talks about the need of them to be in the team and how much he needed their their skill set. And I think when you look at this team this year, I, I think we overcomplicate it. <sighs> The last thing I want this side to be is 1995. I want them to be 2024, 2025, 2026. If they focus about replicating something that's been, they'll never succeed. But I think when you look at our team, and you really look at our team, leadership is cultivated. And I say to my staff at work, when sales managers complain about staff, I always say they're reflecting you. Because because people, whether they like it or not, they look to their management. You get some guys who just do the bare minimum, but it's quite funny when my sales managers come to me and say, this guy just does fuck all. I actually look at them and go, well, you just do just enough to get paid as well, mate. Like, let's be honest. I, I work with you every day. I know you're a six out of 10. You're not a 10 out of 10. You're not trying. So people reflect it. And that's why I'm saying to you, for me, You've got to look at our messaging. And I firmly believe until our club open up, open up the doors a little bit, they're never going to. They're never going to reach their heights. And it makes me sad because I think we are sacrificing. We're suffocating everyone at that club. You've seen Voss change his demeanor. And it's a real dark place to be at the moment. I, I am more sad for the fans now than I am the players because there is a real disjointedness. There is a real disconnection. And you can see the club are scrammering and fighting and trying to fix it, but they only know one way, and that is to talk down to you guys and tell you how to think. They don't understand the right method, and that is maybe just embracing it. Because that comment earlier, there is a pressure playing for this football club, but I'll tell you now, if we take five-year-old Crips he would have bit your hand off to say he would be captain of Carlton Football Club. Wouldn't have been West Coast or Frio. He'd want to be a, a big brand name. That's a legacy maker. Maybe we're forgetting that. We're, we're really forgetting that as a culture, as a culture, because people talk about bring old Carlton back. We are old Carlton. Newsflash, quick fix. That's what Elliot did. He was a master of it. You can't do yeah. that anymore, though. Quick fix and... We're really, when you ask that question about culture of learning, I'd say we're the worst learning side in the AFL because we want it now. We want it tomorrow. 
And now we're seeing these people are not quite the level yet. They're not quite the level. So the learning hasn't been there. Mm. Where do you sit on the fence of, I mean, look, it's been a topic of, of conversation over the last week. There are people jumping off the, the direction of coaching. What's your take on that? Heart of hearts. I couldn't give a fuck if you like Voss or not. Yeah. Heart of hearts. I couldn't give a fuck if you think Cripps is the captain or not. Heart of hearts. I couldn't give a fuck if you think Mackay stays or he gets dropped. I couldn't give a fuck. Mm. The only thing I care about is, do you want to win a flag? Because if you want to win a flag, you're my people. And that is the main focus of trying to get these fuckers up there. Get these get these people up there. I don't know. Voss could turn it around and fucking we win the next 12 games and we storm it in the finals and we win a flag. I've got hairy balls, not crystal. Can't see into the future, mate. Right? <laughs> but there's got to be a point where this is what I'm saying. My brain is this way. You know I love sacking a coach. It turns me on. I love a pitchfork. It's out in the back. It's out in the back, ready to go. But I'm saying this, and heed these words. Cow and football club need to do something right now to fix this. Because at the end of the year, there is vultures among us. There is vultures that want the board. And they will come at you. They will. Like they're, like they're sheep. Yeah, and they they're going to fucking hold your hand. And they're going to fucking give you a part of this club. They're fucking liars, my friends. They're fucking liars. Because the real people of this football club, the next president of this football club, needs to be people like you in chat, like Terry, like myself, like all the people that are throwing, throwing the hope. That's what we need. And if it goes wrong, because it will go wrong and they will sack them, and some people will call for Damian Hardwick. We might have some crazy people calling for someone else. But whoever the next coach is, Whoever the next board is, they need to be totally different mindsets and an open modern day. And when I say the P word, I don't want you to get upset because I know a lot of you will go, oh, no, Pom's gone mental. He's gone woke. Progressive. And I mean progressive in the actual spiritual word of progressive, that they understand that it makes right appointments at the top of the board, at football director, and they leave them to do it. And then the guys at the top work on the relationships between the fan base. And that's what a good president should be. You should be open. And a good board should be open to change. And I'm talking about proper things. Because you know them questions get vetted. I didn't know this until last week. AGMs, they know the questions that are asking. So, you know, when I used to complain, because some of them questions are fucked, man. Like, honestly, if you've asked a question at the about the breakdown of memberships, shit, they're bad. Right? Shit, they're bad. But where are the football questions, man? Where are the football questions? And I disagree with Rambo. I love him usually. I don't think they need a John Elliott. They need a modern day man and or woman, maybe a joint thing, but someone that is progressive. And when I say progressive, please chat. Please be intelligent when I say progressive. I don't mean walk. I don't mean rainbow flags and whatever else you see progressive. I mean progressive, forward thinking, fast thinking. Do you know what I mean? I mean, not doing the same shit we used to do. Like, oh, let's bring Ratten back because that'll fucking appease the play people who watch the 80s. Talking, has a plan, sticks to the plan. 
And I mm. want proper plans as well. When they're questioning the press, they tell the press to shut the fuck up. This is our plan. This is our plan. That's what I'm talking about. Progressive thinking, not progressive. Someone's dirtied the word. Like, please stop breaking my language. My language is beautiful, brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, you've already raised a point in the chat. I, I, I was drawn to the conversation between Eddie Maguire and Jimmy Bartel around, you know, the, the power brokers at the top who have, you know, we'll call it donated or have contributed large sums of money to the football club. Um, and there is a dirty little feeling amongst us all that we kind of know, but we don't really know the truth about where, when it comes to who's really pulling the strings, who's really put their assets towards the club and therefore feels entitled to have a say. We hear Mick Malthouse talk about it in his articles where he talks about the powers at B, but not necessarily referring to the board. There's those rumblings and it's, it's like the great unknown, but we all know it happens. Like we all know deep down it happens. Um, I'm curious about how much that's interfering. We're a big club and with big clubs comes big problems and big money, more money, more problems. And I'm really curious to know how that's going to evolve. That's why this Matheson piece is interesting for me because it is a bit of a, I mean, you know, 12 months ago, if you had said Matheson's going to leave the board, I think a lot of us would have been saying, well, we need to move on from that. We need to move on from pokies and, and that power of the club. And that's not to discount what the Mathesons have done for the club, but it's kind of like how you make your money is more important than making your money or how you make your success is more important than being successful. And I'm really curious about this great unknown at the top and how much it really interferes on the day-to-day -day operation. It could be none. It could be nothing. But I, it doesn't feel that way. And, and, and Eddie mentioned, you know, the first thing he did when it came to when he was running Collingwood was he got, in, he got on top of these coterie groups. He got on top of these groups who you know, funneled their way into relationships in the club based off what, they, what they've built with their businesses and has an entitlement crept into there? Has, has the ego and the entitlement crept in there? I, I think people overstate the power the board have if they make mm. right appointments. It should be yeah. it's quite simple. You look at Peggy mm. and you look at what North are trying to build. It's quite simple what the board do. They employ the right people to handle the right departments. Now, mm -hmm. I think Carlton's a little bit different. Carlton has a brand name. It's a little bit like working at St. Andrews or Ganton or a big golf club. It gives you it gives you power all of a sudden. They're like, ooh, you're the president of this place. Uh, 100%. This is life, Terry. Without, we're going real philosophical here, but if you've got more than 10 million in the bank, you're probably able to change lives you're probably able to make doors open that are otherwise closed to the rest of us low life insignificant people but that's the problem with this football club terry this football club isn't a business people need to forget that you can't run this as a business it should be as simple as terry and pom are the chairman okay cool we get the best football department director we get the best xyz we get the best you do that and you work from an ecosystem and basically, from then, my job would be putting the cones out, greeting you guys, making some coffees, having a bit of a laugh, getting you up and about, trying to deflect the pressure off whoever our coach is. 
Shouldn't be that simple. When you've got other people, though, involved, you maybe have an agenda, which I'm not saying they do. I'm only speculating. We know I've said fuck the Mathesons a few times on this show. But they probably have got an agenda, Terry. There's probably a little bit of an agenda. There's probably a good agenda going on. And that's when you can't trust them. And you know what? Always worries me when the night I can hear the knives sharpening. So be very careful what you wish for, because sometimes people will promise you something better. And you know what? I always look at it this way. Genuinely, someone from the upper class background ain't got the interest of the masses at hand. And history will say that I'm right. Someone who's rich probably doesn't give a fuck about you or I. Mm. Yeah. Well, the other part that's interesting is, you know, we've, Let's just talk about the five-year plan for a quick minute. But fundamentally, we put out a five-year plan. We know that our coach is contracted until the end of next year. We know that our president will leave at the end of next year based off what the constitution dictates. We know that the CEO is currently contracted to the end of next year. Stability was a big word for us in the off-season. You know, we didn't change a lot. We put pillars in place. We just missed out on finals football. I think most of us thought we were, you know, on the right track. Then I start thinking, well, three doesn't fit into five, so that means more changes coming on the horizon. Whether we whether we we bring we push that bring that forward and we do it now or at the end of this year or we wait until the end of next year, but more change is coming, guaranteed. So how do you believe in a five year plan when not everyone who made the plan is going to be there? And then it's like, oh, then then we get caught into this situation again where it's like, oh, well, I wasn't here when those decisions were made. Um, I wasn't here when those list changes were made. I wasn't oh, here when... Chestnut. That's yeah. classic, that one, isn't it? I love that one. Yeah. Um, deflective accountability. Yeah. Always good to see yeah. from your leaders. It's what I love to see. Yeah. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't me. I wasn't here when that, when it happened. So that part around extreme ownership is taking ownership when it probably still isn't your fault but you didn't communicate well enough down the track. We Remember the original five-year plan. Do you remember 2015, Bolton came in? Original contract, two years. Resigned, right? Another two, uh, resigned. And they amended the terms of his contract. So they amended the terms of his contract. So just like the sinking, right? So 2017 happened and they amended the, amended it. This article here is from May 2018, just announcing Chris Judd skipping the long-term contract, right? And talking about that it was amended and alluded that it helped them be what they called fluid with any last-minute changes, which was basically a rolling contract. So his contract was monthly, effectively. Cal, and that is my problem, Terry. Now, I'm not saying the problems now are board-related. I think that's way too easy because that gives every other dickhead at the club a cop-out. But your five-year plan needs a coach on a six-year plan. That's fact. And I'll tell you for why. People might say, oh, Pom, that's too much. I disagree. Because if the plan is good and you've identified the right guy to lead the ship for five years, six years should be nothing. That then helps your list manager out who the coach meets the player, they go, oh, I really like this coach. And then you have to turn to him and go, oh, he might not be here next month, though. We can sack him whenever we want. That creates disjoint. Everything is always half-assed, Terry. That's what fucking annoys me about this football club. 
everything is words. You said stability. It's a great word. Like I tell my kids, I'm sorry and I love you mean fuck all unless you can show me it. Right? Mean fuck all. I can say I love you to anyone. It's a lie. Unless I mean it. Oh, I mean, it's just a word. And that's a big bugbear of mine. Beautiful words. Nourishment on the scoreboard. Love that one. That's a new one. Green shoots. Fucking love coaching. Beautiful words. May fucking words, learnings. Yeah. Fucking in it together. We're back. Fucking what are we cooking? Bollocks. Just ha if your plan is good, right, it should be backed in. So we've got a great situation that, what is it, this year, the year next season, Luke Sayers goes. He'll probably go early, right? And we'll come on to Sayers. I want to talk about him a minute because he's not getting away with this, right? But he goes, Cook is next year, is he not as well? Cook, next year? Mm. Okay, cool. So we had another mini five-year plan, but the guy that's got the most experience in plans and success is effectively retiring end of 2024. And who's his replacement? Oh, wait a minute. I see in his contract, he will help find and hire a replacement. He hasn't got very fucking long, has he? He's got a year. Doesn't seem like, uh, seems very short notice. Does it not? I, I'd want two years. See the best in the business, not six months. Everything is always just flipped. This review. Oh, shit. We've sacked Teague. They like Teague. Let's do a fake review and sack a guy like Barker, who's been there for ages. We knew he was useless. Amazing, this club. This club's amazing. Like, I would love someone to come out and just say, five-year plan, right? And this is what I do. If I was the president, I can only say what I'd do. I would have done a five-year plan. And you know when I used to get these stupid questions from Matthew Lloyd? Going, oh, you only won two, two, two games this week. I'd be like, you know what, Matthew? Fuck off. It's year three, <laughs> mate. It's year three. How about you judge me year five, mate, yeah? And you know what? My five-year plan would say this. Year five, dot, dot, dot. So everyone asks, oh, Pommy, though, what's the five-year plan? What's the fifth year? I'd be like, got hairy balls, mate. I don't know what's in the future. But I'll tell you what, if we do year one, year two, year three, year four, year five, Tell you what, it could be second flag. It could be a third flag. Who fucking knows? Where are we going? You've got to set yourself a goal. And that's what I mean. We we wishy-washy. We flip-flop. You know Voss is sacked if this goes. Like, you just know. They brought the sustainability. You know, what makes me laugh is I saw four people on Twitter this year, right, who were obsessed with David Teague. David Teague has come out and he said, Oh, they used to say about stability when I was there and I got sacked, which is really interesting because there's some horror stories going around about David Teague. But he said that. But then they say, oh, we got sacked Voss. And you're like, wang about Your boy got sacked because he was promised stability and they got rid of him. What do you want? Yeah. Like, and that's what I mean. No one knows what they want, even at the fucking board level. And it's killing me, Terry, because this club deserves concise, clear fucking plans. It's meant to be a big club, and at the moment, we're just a big club in name. But we're the whipping boys of every fucking club at the moment. Every club. Gold Coast are looking at us in two weeks' time and going, oh, fucking hell, we can knock them off. You kidding me? Gold Coast? I thought Gold Coast was a place that young people went to get pissed and old people went to die. Fuck me, Terry. That's where we are. And let's be real as a football club. This isn't good enough. 
And it's not good enough for me, you, and the people in the chat. It's not good enough for the players, man. Cripps has been here, what, 10 years nearly? And it's shit, Terry. He deserves better. God better than that, man. So why can't we just be accountable? It's good to be accountable. Yes, we're shit at the moment. But how about someone gets off their stupid Penfolds decking chair and fucking gives me something? I'd take a tackle in D50 right now. That is it. That's where I am. My standards are fucking low. I can't get lower than I am now, Terry. Can't get lower. Hmm. Let's just finish this tea off, mate. Have a sip. This cup's from my sister. My brother-in-law keeps me going. Um, we love you. We do. Let's chat VFL for a moment. We'll come back to our president. You did your VFL review. This will lead to a wider conversation because now we've got injuries in the ones and it looks like guys are going to get some opportunity and with that comes, I don't know, something different, a spark. So who are the notables that have actually genuinely put their hand up for selection in your eyes? Suppose we better talk about Paddy Dow, but I mean like, feels like at the moment you've got more chance of finding Madeline McCann than you have a fucking Paddy Dow playing football. And she's been missing, what, nearly 20 years? Fuck me. Yeah. Like, what is going on? But Dow, Dow, in fairness, he stuck to his task. You've got to, got to admit, though, Sydney are dog shit. They're okay. VFL side, uh, a bordering on a nab side, right. to be fair. A bordering on a nab side. But he was solid. Um, very industrious with his ball use this week. And a big highlight for me was, you know, what people say he can't tackle. You know what? He chased hard and he got some tackles. Uh, Fisher, interesting. Played on the ball 95% of the game. Well, Not too sure why. Yeah, that's the thing. Because, like, he's going to come back into the side at some point, you would think. But he won't be playing more than you would think 30% on the ball, right? It was a nice try, though. I mean, at least he had a unless they're, unless they're shifting it around. Like, we saw Jack Silvani play behind the ball. We saw Lewis Young play in front of the ball uh, as a forward. It was ben an interesting thing because I, I I was watching Zach Fisher, and you know what? I was really impressed with Zach Fisher on the ball, and you and me, Terry, have been a big advocate of him playing inside midfield. And you actually saw of it, a little bit of chutzpah about him as well. Bit of go. And you know what? All these kicks, though, and I'll say this about Dow, and I said it in my review. The one issue I've got with Dow is if Dow had proper high half forwards, fuck, you'd play him in the seniors tomorrow because every one of his clearances lands 65 out. But then you watch the seniors play and everyone plays 20 metres behind their man and that's 666. Like, we're the only team 666 actually hinders, evidently, even though they're already in position. They actually look like they've just got out of bed. So it's an interesting one. J-Sauce, people will say he was good, but if you go back and watch that first half when he was down the back, um, I haven't seen someone spill so many marks in my life. He was poor and his distribution was poor. He upped his level when they played him higher up the ground in the second half, but by that stage, the legs had gone out of Sydney. But when the game was intense, I was very disappointed with his use down the back. And for me, that told me there's enough for a forward. Lewis Young, they played him full forward and Paul Lewis <laughs> Young. 
fuck me. I, I felt sorry for him. But the last guy I want to talk about who did impress me, Caleb Marchbank, played interesting purely in the key position. So he didn't play his intercept role. He okay. played as a key position player. And I think that's why they had Young forward to see how he would operate on his own. And he was brilliant, to be fair. Um, very strong one-on-one. -on -one, but it was refreshing to see a centre-half back. That's where he played. Dare I say it, Liam Jones. Reminded me of Liam Jones, but a good version. He was incredibly attacking. And I watched him and my brain remembered our conversation last week. Wheatering needs to defend. Bring me a Lockie, a, a Liam Jones type defender. And right. I saw a good Liam Jones there. Now, if he's fit, he's ran the game out well. I'd be dropping McGovern and bringing Marchbank in and saying, tell you what, mate, you and Wheatering, in. Rest of the season, show me what you've got, baby. Because I'll tell yeah. you what, Stand by it. He could be the Charlie Kernow of this group. We've forgotten all about him, but Marchbank, tell you what, it's like wiping your ass with silk. It just feels good. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, Weedering played in a different way. I'm curious about this Weedering and Young situation. Rumours circulating about the relationship breakdown in the defence. Leaks on Twitter, leaks on Big Footy. There's smoke around the defensive setup and the structure, and 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 this and that. Um, but to see Weedering play with more of a focus on, or just to see him execute more as an intercept defender, like that's what he came to the team as, right? And that look, I have there's, there's no issue with him playing with a direct opponent one on one. Um, I'm mindful of saying let's bring in a March Bank to play one on one. So that way we can unlock Weedering because then the conversation will move to, oh, but why don't we unlock Saad? And then it's like, oh, well, why don't we unlock McGovern? There's so many of them that we can quote unquote unlock, but it will consistently come back to the, to the, to the conversation around the collective. And are they all so crystal clear on what their roles are? And, and maybe that, maybe they're not. Well, clearly they're not because it keeps changing. If, if that rumor is true, that, Lewis Young, you know, I've seen some people comment on it and as well. And it, I, I look at the bigger picture. If Jacob Wheatering has the power at my football club to say, I don't like Lewis Young, drop him. And not only drop him, play him as a forward to fuck his career. Tell you what, please close the club down. <laughs> please. Yeah. Because I don't want cowardly, sinister snake men representing anything to do with me because that is snake behavior. I would expect, and from my little time I've had with Jacob Wietering, he is an adult enough to know that if he didn't like someone, he would get on with their job. He would get about, he would get on with their job as an adult because that's teamwork. Sometimes the guy next to you is a tit, but fuck me, he gets you some commissions. So sometimes you've got to make deal with it. So I, I'd imagine Jacob Wietering is very intelligent. And whoever spread that rumour, I actually am disgusted because I don't believe for the life of me, Wietering would go in and say, please drop him. Mm. And if that has happened, fuck me, I'm embarrassed to be a Carlton Football Club fucking commentator. Makes me sick. Yeah. That's If that's ever happened at my football club, fuck me. Who's Jacob Wietering? What's he done? What power has he got for that? Yeah. Well, his, his comments around 
when he mentioned the first half and, you know, it was the best that he felt that we had played defensively because of the trust and connection. I tried my best not to read too much into that. Um, I actually thought it was a significant week for Jacob, not just because, he, you know, he played well, but also he fronted the media. We haven't seen him speak too much. So the hope within me tells me that, okay, he's starting to get through it, what he was, what he has been going through. And, you know, fronting up is, is a part of the story and just putting yourself back out there is, is a part of the story of him, quote unquote, recovering. Um, but when we look at who's definitely going to miss for this week, now I saw some of you in the chat talking about Pitonet might be injured. Some of you are writing that he has a broken hand. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Um, we were live when all of you were commenting. Um, but Hollands will not play this week. Nick Newman, I would say, won't play this week. George Hewitt won't play this week. Am I missing someone? Uh, Cripps? I, I think, think Cripps will be fine, though. Well, he's superhuman. He is superhuman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw him. Um, he was on my flight on the Sunday morning back home to Melbourne. I saw him in the distance. No limp, but he looked defeated. Poor bugger. So let's just say those three are out. Ed Kerno potentially comes out. He was the sub. I don't know how people view or how they're going to view his performance. So what is the spark that's going to come into this side for Friday night? We're playing the Ds at the MCG. We have a game. Would you believe it? Oh, I, and Chera. Yeah, sorry. Chera, who's been suspended, but we'll, we're going to... We'll get we're away with that, it. though, because we always do. We always do. That's the dubs. Um, mm. I'd like to see Marchbank come in for... McGovern, I'd, I'd like us to. I don't know what chat feels like, but if I'm Voss, I want to go with the players that I, I'm going to continue with. And I, I don't think McGovern's going to be there next year. Uh, I, I think yeah. Kemp is cheaper to resign, gives us more flexibility. Um, I think you've got to play Dow and Fisher, and I don't care if you come at me. I think you've got to. I think you've got to. And I'm, I'm talking a proper inclusion as well because I've got a fear that Dow comes in as 21 touches and then we sack him next week and be like we tried we tried we did it so they'd definitely be top of my list and Chin Cotter I didn't mention him in the VFL rap he played interesting enough it was an identical role to Mitch McGovern he played the interceptor role really? that was a very interesting thing right because he's, he's, he's not the smallest bear but Seeing his little energy in his zip, he was very, very impressive as well. It was very impressive. So they'd probably be my four bring-ins, to be honest. Which is back, baby. <laughs> You've done it to me, Terry. I brought him in. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So there's that. Um, we have about nine minutes to go. The Almost Blues Brothers will be live straight after this. Um, anything else on your mind before we wrap it up? Scares me about, I am keeping Kemp Jazz. I, I would never drop Kemp on this show. Oh, yeah, Debbie, thank you. And O'Brien for Hollands. He was very good, O'Brien. Want to hear no one slag my mate off, Lockie O'Brien. What, what about Binzi? I'm happy to make him wait. Just a couple okay. more weeks. But I'll tell you what, If Lockie, uh, I said it on my report. Jackson Bins, if you were drafted him now, the improvement he's made defensively, he'd be top 15. Because wow. I've never seen a kid get as good as he is. But 
I just think now's a bad time to debut because the pressure is on and everyone is going to fucking hate you. Mm. And the club is to it. But for me, I know people are saying, Jesus, go and watch VFL. He ain't playing down back. Domaku, um, play him forward. They're killing him down back. He looked a lot better in the forward line for me. A lot of played. A lot of that. And anyways, Sayers. So these little rumours here, Right, and they are rumours. They're unsubstab, 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 I can't even say it. Unsubstantiated. Thank you, Terry. Does worry me about that. And I don't know if anyone's familiar with them. Are you familiar with them, Terry? The report that's come out? I am familiar. I've read up on it. I don't have, I haven't read enough of it and I haven't dived deep enough in it to really speak on it, if I'm being honest. It, it is a worry, I just feel, for this club because it's, again, and we're very clever, aren't we? <laughs> just when you think it can't get worse, it does, doesn't it? And obviously there is some investigations going into their tax and how they've made money from the federal government for legalised programmes, it has to be said. But again, it's that kind of noise, isn't it, that we don't, need and it always yeah. seems to happen doesn't it how how amazing is this football club uh, just when you think fuck it can't get any worse it does it's not it's not an ideal distraction we don't need to be dealing with it right now whatever it is and i mean at the moment the media are going to love it aren't they i mean if that does go to like say the high the higher courts you can just see it now can't you you can see Carlton need a new coach need a new new president you can see it can't you it's how it's going to work yeah you can there's a bit of I mean, we've seen this before see my view on our situation right now is we are right now where we've come back full circle to the point that we were in just before it all broke down and we started the external review with David Teague. And I think it's quite poetic that until we know how to deal with this situation, like Jimmy Butler mentioned this yesterday after game six, he said, man, the world, it just, the same test comes back to you until you figure it out. This is now the third rotation of the test. Can you stick fat? Can you back in what you the people that you put in charge, are you going to back Voss and put better support around him or identify, are you going to improve the department around him or are we going to go through another cycle of this? And I, that, that's why I'm more erring to the side of keep Voss and, and, and keep stability there. And I could be wrong. I might be, who knows, but I, I just, I sense that we're here again and the ultimate test has come. The, temptation has come as well because Hardwick just just left Richmond it's actually it's it's poetic the way it's all happened so I sense that's where we're at right now and you know I liked what Sayer said today around you know um you know you, you're judged based off how you act during adversity and I do I do tend to agree with that so we'll see what plays out there but I yeah I have hope but I have no trust and you see, that's the thing. I, I, I'm always a thinker. And when he starts saying it's how you face adversity, how does Carlton face adversity? Sack everyone mm -hmm. and do exactly the same with different faces. 
Yes. And that's why this time I'm a little bit different. I'm not convinced about everything at the club at the moment. Yeah. But I am 100% convinced that we can't address anything until the end of the year. Right, do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and I will be leading the charge if the end of the year we don't make the eight of a full gutting. Like, and I'm talking biblical gutting. Like, I'm talking that the tea lady walks in Monday and sees she's got 12 new bosses and she's like, who the fuck are these? Like, a proper change, a proper change, like a, a, an actual yeah. change, not a we've just, we're the same people, but just different faces. But it's going to yeah. be interesting because. I want to leave you with this. We're all mugs. We're all stupid. We will come here every week and we will cheer these boys on. And you know what? They fucking need us more yeah. than ever. Yeah, they need us. Even Doris, the tease lady, she fucking needs us. And you know what? We need to just take it week by week, minute by minute, hour by hour. And you know what? I don't know about anyone else. But Friday, 7.50, I'll be here singing songs, cheering, and somehow getting these fuckers over the line. And if yeah. they don't, I'll do it the next week, and then I'll have the week off, and then I'll do it the next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, until there is no more chance, no more games left. And then we dust ourselves down and we fucking fix it. Yeah. Well said. I will end on a note of tolerance. Tolerance is is a big key. Um, right now, we are all so frustrated, and it seems like anyone who has an opinion that is not in alignment with everybody else, like we're jumping down their throats. I think I mentioned this earlier in the intro. Um, a critical part is that we don't turn on each other because that'll just create more of a distraction for what's most important right now. And that's what's going on with the Carlton Football Club. So it's tough. You know, we have a platform to speak. I've made all of the mistakes on this journey on, you know, you got to know where to have your conversations. You've got to know where to have your opinions. I, I've got this situation. We've got this situation here, Pommy, where like I won't engage too much in discussion over text on Twitter because text can be taken out of context or in Facebook groups or or wherever because like we come here and we talk about it. You can hear me speak. You see my face. You see my, the full context of what I'm trying to say is here. Um, so I think as much as much as we can with each other, it's it's tough. It's frustrating. Um, my suggestion is based off what I've experienced is swipe out of the apps, get out. Because reading, we're all trying to find a solution and we're all probably wrong. And it's only going to make us more frustrated with each other. But we've got to find a way to not not implode. That's the last piece of this. So anyway, if I'll leave it go, on that. If we go, we're fucked. Like yeah, if correct. The, if the fans go. Yeah. Forget it. Correct. Now, Almost Blues Brothers is coming up in a minute. Tomorrow, the Jumper Punch, you know it's back. Hi, Carlton Faithful, Mill Hattie here, um, 95 Premiership player. Hopefully everyone can remember that, that time. Um, just had a great segment here on the Jumper Punch, so don't forget the Jumper Punch, 7 o'clock, um, every Tuesday night, don't miss out. So that's tomorrow.
Wednesday, the besties, you know they're coming out. Ari and Nathan with the rest. Thursday teams, Friday watch along, Friday fan cams. We do it again. Lo and behold, there are 12 games left of the season. The equation is eight of the 12 to make the eight. Uh, I did my ladder predictor and only found 10 wins for us, but whatever. I don't want to look too far ahead and uh, we'll see what happens. Pommy, thank you as always, mate, for being here. You make this so much more enjoyable and so do you guys at home. Thank you very much for being here and your support. Go Blues. Go Blues.